because I started to see some tendencies that arrived there, like my biggest fears are being controlled, betrayed, manipulated, and possessed. Those are my biggest fears. So in all self-preservation um, behavior, I tried to prevent that in all relationships. And by speaking to experts every single week on the podcast, um, I was able to understand a lot of tools and strategies and knowledge to combat those limiting beliefs. But I had tried absolutely everything under the sun. I had tried journaling, I had tried counseling, I had tried men's groups, two different kinds. Episode is taken from a live event that was co-hosted with Thomas Suski, my NLP practitioner. And we were fortunate enough to have a couple of volunteers from the audience participate in workshopping the five pillars of optimal health. And those are physical, mental, emotional, financial, and spiritual. And today, the big takeaway for me is how all five relate and tie in with each other. So on occasion, if our mental pillar of optimal health is a, say, a two out of five, well, that will in particular um, affect all the other four. Um, our mental discipline will not get us to um, the gym or the regular uh, group class that we go to and so forth. So take an opportunity to grab a pen and a paper and put five columns down on your own sheet, um, physical, mental, emotional, financial, and spiritual, and workshop your optimal health in each of these columns while we go through it with a couple of volunteers from the audience uh, in that particular event. Before we get into today's episode, I want to share a little story with you guys. I was reading a recent blog post called Eight Ways to Date and Socialize During the Coronavirus Pandemic from the Center for Shared Insight. And Dr. Hick lays out quite a few great ideas on how we can connect on a more intimate and deep level while we're socially distancing and we might not be able to see loved ones as often or in the same way as we used to. Uh, at the podcast here, we are big fans of the new way that they're doing teletherapy and for those looking to speak to someone regularly about the mental health um, challenges that we're all facing right now. I know I've gone through the five stages of grief and I kind of jump ahead into acceptance and back down into the depression stage. And when that happens, um, I know that my nutrition suffers and I might have another glass of wine instead of just a soda water. So if you need somebody to speak to regularly, head on over to centerforsharedinsight.com to attract and create healthy relationships. I'll be sure to put that direct link in the show notes of this episode below. Without further delay, let's get into today's episode, the five pillars of optimal health workshop. Welcome to the Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast for authentic dating. My name is Dave Glazer, online personal trainer and obsessed with the Enneagram personality assessment. After going through a couple of breakups in 2017, I came across some really inauthentic people when dating in Denver. And instead of getting frustrated, I decided to create a community of authentic people myself. Come along with me on this path to authenticity as we welcome expert guests and real-life daters to share their tools, tips, and knowledge to help you show up as your most authentic self. Hi guys. Hi. We're here. <laughs> welcome. My name is Dave Blazer. This is Thomas Suski. We have brought you guys here tonight. You're probably wondering what the hell we're doing here. 
and those of you guys watching online, we're gonna quickly explain it. I have been a strength coach for seven years. Um, along the way, beyond fitness and nutrition, I started to understand that my clients' limiting beliefs were truly holding them back from reaching any type of weight loss goal, from reaching any type of a sports performance goal. What they believed in their mind and in their subconscious was really what we had to get past in order to see any, any goals being reached. And an example I can use of that, I've been working with a, a mother. I worked with her son too. He's a soccer, uh, elite soccer athlete in Denver. Now he's a West Point cadet. Um, been working with her for about a year and a half, and I didn't know that she was going through a divorce. That would be really critical information to know why we aren't losing any weight. As soon as we touched on that as coach and client relationship, and we boosted her weekly workouts to three days a week instead of just two, we saw immediate change. Nine, uh, nine pounds, 3% body fat in three months. Just gone because we actually addressed the issue that was holding her back. So pretty much expanded on that. And then I got really passionate about the Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast. And uh, that's what introduced me to Thomas through one of our listeners and through a professional acquaintance. Mm -hmm. And I'll let you introduce yourself real quick. Sure. So a little bit about me is I used to be a structural engineer and I did that for eight and a half years. And then this huge shift, shift happened in my life where I ended up learning hypnosis, learning a technique called neurolinguistics programming. And now I'm a coach of the unconscious mind. And I help people break patterns, behaviors, like reverse limiting beliefs. And like, I call myself the mind guy. That's who I am. Um, and I love what I do. And I just want everyone to be unleashed. And my mission in life is to educate people about how their minds work and specifically their subconscious mind because that's the powerhouse of the two minds. So yeah, that's just about mm -hmm. me. And Thomas and I have been working together weekly for almost six months now. And we came up with this crazy idea of like combining all of our strengths and all of our talents into one opportunity for people to learn and become educated on what he was just talking about. But I, I wouldn't bring you guys here if I didn't believe in the work that we've done together. Clearing my limiting beliefs has been astronomical in um, helping me move forward in my life. So, um, before we get started, now's your time for questions. What are we getting into? Uh, we'll we'll try, to, uh, try to finish before nine o'clock, mm -hmm. just to respect your time. Okay, Jay, do you have any questions? Uh, no, I think that you covered a lot of this stuff at the study the other day, uh, but I didn't, you know, I don't know what I don't know what true limiting beliefs are, but it's interesting enough how you explained it that uh, our subconscious mind seems to hold us back, and I know that that has happened to me at times in life, and so uh, I, I, that's why I'm here, is I want to understand more of what that's all about, so. Okay. Great. Okay. I'm going to go with your question of what are we getting into? <laughs> what are we getting into? <laughs> All right. So uh, I'll start if that's cool with you guys. Perfect. And we've created this worksheet for you guys. Those of you uh, checking this out online, we emailed you the worksheet as well. But um, what I uncovered through a couple of breakups within about six months of each other, that was really the catalyst event for me to kind of understand that it's time for me to grow, change, and mature. 
as a man. So I didn't know how to do that, except I knew a few people in town who did. So I started interviewing them for the Be League, Be Real, Be Bold podcast, and I started to recognize some patterns. The patterns were, I didn't feel like I was worthy. I didn't believe that. Um, my patterns were um, fear of measuring up, fear of outshining my parents, my sisters, uh, being a burden on other people. These were the limiting beliefs that I learned in the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. He talks about five. Thomas will talk about 40 limiting beliefs that are in existence. We're just touching uh, the tip of the iceberg with my, my patterns. I felt unsafe and not secure in my relationships, which is why they ended. And when we cleared that safety limiting belief, whew, you better believe the floodgates open and I started to see change. So the tool that I began my journey with was the Enneagram. You guys mm -hmm. talk about it a lot. You're my helper in the room. This is my peacemaker in the room. And Jay, we don't know your Enneagram type yet, but yeah. we're gonna find out because, because I started to see some tendencies that arrived there. Like my biggest fears are being controlled, betrayed, manipulated, and possessed. Those are my biggest fears. So in all self-preservation um, behavior, I tried to prevent that in all relationships. And by speaking to experts every single week on the podcast, um, I was able to understand a lot of tools and strategies and knowledge to combat those limiting beliefs. But I had tried absolutely everything under the sun. I had tried journaling, I had tried counseling, I had tried men's groups, two different kinds. I tried absolutely everything. But it wasn't until um, I met Thomas that I really saw the huge breakthrough through that glass ceiling that I could see the other side of but I just didn't know how to touch it. I didn't know how to reach it. I didn't know how to get from here to there. Like we're trying to bridge the gap every single day to take one step in front of the other, right? The series that we're going through at church pieces, mm -hmm. like this hits home for me mm -hmm. because I'm not a whole person. And I realized that through speaking to other people who were mirrors of me, um, speaking to men like Thomas, speaking to men like Jay, and then meeting neighbors like Kat, right? So what I bring to the table is what I like to call the five pillars of optimal health. And that's what's on your worksheet here in front of you. We're going to start with the physical because that's pretty obvious. <clears throat> and how I incorporate this into um, an action plan is I really quickly write out my pillars of optimal health. And I abbreviate them. We're going to start in the physical. For me, it's consistent jujitsu, it's consistent weightlifting, and it's uh, consistent nutrition. Jay, what would you put in your physical pillar of health? Pretty much identical to what you're saying. Uh, waking up every day, doing some sort of physical activity, whether it's at the gym or running or something, at least five days a week. Um, I know that nutrition is 80% of how you feel, what your body is all about. Uh, so yeah, physical is a big part for me as well. Mm -hmm. It's all about balance and all that. Good, so in your sheet in front of you, Jay, you can make your yourself notes, right? As we work through this, this yeah. is very important. And Kat, what would fall in your physical pillar of optimal health? Um, along the similar lines, but um, you know, I love bar, so bar workouts five times a week. 
and then yoga, you try to do at least three times for the mind-body connection. Um, nutrition's really important to me. Um, and then hydration as well, especially out here. Yep. <laughs> and then I take natural supplements that um, if I don't take them, I notice my health declining. Um, so those probably be my biggest ones. Mm -hmm. Okay, so nutrition when you don't burn your dinner. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Which is rare. <laughs> Good. So what I would like you to do today is make those notes in the physical pillar of optimal health column on that sheet of paper. And I want you to rate it at a one through five. Where are you at right now with your physical pillar of health? For me, my physical pillar of health is actually pretty high right now. It's a four out of five. Um, I... I did not train jujitsu at all last week. And that was just crushing me. So last week, my physical pillar would be a totally different answer than it is today. But I chose to make it a priority. Noon class on Monday, PM class last night, and then I have four workouts uh, in support of that. So four gym, um, four times at the gym. Already, it's Thursday. I'm gonna take Friday and Saturday off. For one of the most important um, pieces of the puzzle when it comes to our physical pillar of our physical pillar of optimal health is rest. How much adequate rest do we need between five bar eight classes and three yoga classes? Yeah. Yoga in a way can be rest, mm -hmm. right? If it's like a vinyasa. Vinyasa is more of the slow holding poses. Kind of, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. It's a mix. Yeah. So we have yin, we have vinyasa, we have flow, we have etc. And Jay, what would you say holds you accountable on the rest piece? Just getting to bed early enough. Okay. Which <laughs> <laughs> is hard to do a lot of the time. Because mm -hmm. I now, I don't know, I've just been naturally waking up at like quarter to six almost every day. It's like, well, I better start going to bed earlier because of that. So, yeah. Well, good. You're always fresh and bright eyed when I see you at the gym at 6 yeah. in the morning. <laughs> you and Jane bantering back and forth. Right. Okay, so for the sake of time, let's move on to the mental pillar of optimal health. What are some strategies, Jay, that you use? What are some tools that you use to balance your pillar of mental health? Uh, meditation helps. Uh, mental, I, I, I would still say, as she said, hydration. You know, because if I'm dehydrated, I don't, don't think very clear. Do you, do you speak to somebody regularly that's not a friend, like a counselor or a therapist or a coach. Do you have a mentor through your real estate business? No, uh, mm -hmm. no. Uh, I mean, my business partner, I guess we keep each other accountable. So that's part of it. In your business partnership, that might actually raise or lower your optimal health in the, men in the mental pillar. Mm -hmm. From what I hear, he kind of turns to anger real quick. Right. So based on your partnership, would that raise or lower your mental status from week to week? Yeah, I would say it raises it. He's, he's a former engineer too, he's highly analytical. And so he doesn't let things fall through the cracks. He's good at what he does, it's just he doesn't always have the best human interaction sometimes mm -hmm. with some people. Okay. Because he's sold out a lot of the time. Right. <laughs> Cal, what do you do for your mental health? Um, I do meditation every morning. I do a walking meditation for an hour. Um, I journal every day. Um, 
I limit my social media, so I try not to go on for over an hour any day. Um, I have a therapist that I talk to once a week. Um, and then for me, some things that are really important because I'm an extrovert for my mental health are social interaction. Um, and then having a plan for my day because I'm very type A. So if I don't have a plan, I can uh, feel a little mentally unstable. Um, and then self-care as well. I love baths and massages and <laughs> all those things. I try to make time for um, at least every other week. Awesome. So self-care can be social media limitate, eliminating social media, the therapy and the journaling, right? Yep. We're starting to see a trend here, guys. Okay. And where would you rate your mental pillar of health today uh, on a scale of one to five? I would put mine at a three. Well, you mean specifically today? Yeah, because we're doing a check. Okay. Then I'd say four today. Oh, it's a four today. That's yep. good. Yeah. Would you say that that correlates with how many of these things that you check off your list yeah. each and every day? Definitely. Jay, where would your mental uh, pillar of health be on a scale of one to five today? I would say four as well. Okay. Yeah, that seems awesome. right. And does that correlate with how consistent you are with this meditation, hydration, and your business partner? Uh, I could do more meditation. I, I mean, it's probably twice a week, maybe three, two or three times. I mean, I always do some some, some sort of, uh, I guess, quick reading of, of Bible verses or something in the morning, and that's a light meditation, but... Okay. Yeah, something. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I, would, I would also put my mental pillar of health at a four out of five today. I just got really productive all day. Journaled this morning. Um, uh, took my action steps on a daily basis to come here prepared, and that really boosted my mental pillar of health. All right, let's talk about financial. Our financial pillar of health is equally important as all the others. Jay, what's on your list to fulfill your financial pillar of health? Uh, continue to buy more property, that's my goal. Um, and Continue to fill our pipeline of real estate deals that we work with. And um, I guess financial is not just all me taking, it's also giving away too. So I need to be more diligent on tithing and offering and, and giving, giving away too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're in the real estate industry. I'm not familiar, but I would assume and guess that having a budget is a big part of your financial pillar of health? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's not like I track every penny, every dollar down every week or month just because I know generally what all my income is and I know generally what all the expenses are on rental properties that I have. So, uh, but for the most part, I have a good idea where numbers are at, yeah. Okay, would that be more in the realm of your business partner and his strengths? Not as much because we have properties together that I'm, I also have my own properties. Mm -hmm. So between the stuff that he and I have together, he does handle the finances. And so he's highly analytical and keeps track of all that stuff and that's great. And, uh, and I do the property management side of things. So I'm doing the more people person stuff, which mm -hmm. I'm better at than he is mm -hmm. I feel. And so 
you know, I, I think we both understand each other's strengths and limitations, and we just say, here, you do your strengths. Good. Which may correlate with your mental pillar of health. Mm -hmm. If you were bashing your head against the wall against a budget you can't understand or contemplate on a spreadsheet, that would actually lower your mental health pillar. Right. Agree? But like when we, when we buy properties and we have to go through a, a remodeling process, he has got a spreadsheet of all these light items of like, holy cow, you are an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good business to, partner to like, have yeah, if yeah. you're the social end of this. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kat, what do you do for your financial pillar of um, optimal health? I just try to stay on top of investing. I've always been really big into investing money whenever I can. Um, recently got into options trading, which is fun mm. and scary. Options, you but, said? Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to be a broker. I had a lot of clients trading options back in the day. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's daunting. Mm. But, um, and then things that I, I actually try to not have a budget, but I try, I do stick to one if it makes sense. Like mm -hmm. for my financial health, like I grocery shopping, like I said, I don't have to eat, spend a lot of money out on food. I don't know if that fits here. Um, and then giving to others. Um, that's a really big thing for me. I like to feel, I feel really good when I can like buy somebody's meal or buy coffee for somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of always been my goal for earning money just to get back. Um, and then paying all your bills on time. Not having any debt or avoiding debt, I guess would be not what financial health is not really something I think about a lot. Uh -huh. Could paying your bills late <laughs> say that again? That's a strong <laughs> word of avoiding debt. Avoid debt. Oh. <laughs> I also do want to avoid debt. <laughs> All right. So we know where Dave's mind is at, right? <laughs> Today? <laughs> Thanks for calling me up. If you paid a bill late, would that impact your mental pillar of health? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you dine out more often than you do grocery shopping, would that impact your physical pillar of health? Yes. Okay? So I'm, try I'm starting to illustrate the correlation between the columns now. Mm -hmm. If you don't conceptualize your financial pillar of health being important, as important as the others until today, now we're tying the opportunities together to see how they balance each other out. So Jay, your financial health, one out of five today. I don't know that it ever reach a five, so I'll call it four again. <laughs> you, you hit the point like right on the head. It's so hard to be a five out of five. Right. Especially for days after days after days after days. Like if we hit a five out of five, we'll have this sense of arrival. And then we take our foot off the gas pedal, and then we go back down to a four. Mm -hmm. We can we can touch into a level five, but very rarely will we stay there for very long, because mo money, mo problems. <laughs> That's true. Cat, where are you at on your financial pillar of health today? Uh, I will put it at a three. Started a new venture, so still trying to build that up. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Uh, which, if you start something new and you're excited about it, could it impact your mental pillar of health? 100%. Cool. Because you're feeling accomplished? Yes. There's self-efficacy there? Yes. Okay. Uh, so my financial pillar of health has been my struggle for two years, maybe longer. Um, I opened my own studio three and a half years ago. I quickly became overwhelmed with all the responsibilities that I had, and it impacted my financial pillar of health because I wasn't strong here. 
I was consistent here. I started jujitsu during that time. I got back into boxing at that time. If I were to guess, my, my physical pillar is always my strongest pillar. But my mental pillar impacted my financial pillar. When I opened my studio, I was debt free. I didn't have a single penny in debt. Three years later, we don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Business ownership is a roller coaster. So for the longest time that Thomas and I have been working together and I've become honest with myself about where my optimal health is in each of these columns, it went as low as a one. It's hard to go below a one, right? But it's close. It's been as low as one. It's been as high as a three. It's never touched a four. Not in the last three and a half years. If I was hovering or sliding or roller coastering through levels one through three, out of five on my financial pillar of health, what do you think that did to my mental pillar? No, actually it correlates. My mental pillar of health went down mm -hmm. as my financial pillar went down. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, so right now my mental is four out of five. That's today. Today, financial pillar three out of five. Great, awesome. That's a great place to start. But if it goes any lower, it starts to impact here. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not mentally strong, it starts to impact the physical pillar too. Mm -hmm because I can't make it to jujitsu. That's my third largest bill that I have every month. Mm. That's how I like to run my life, is like keep my expenses low. If jujitsu is my third highest bill, I'm doing pretty good. Because it's 140 bucks a month, but it's worth it. Because what it does here and here. And let's talk really quick about our emotional pillar of health. Jay, what do you do for your emotional pillar of health? Uh, uh, I frankly don't even know. <laughs> I mean, emotions, uh, it, to me, it's, it's all about balance to keep your emotions in check, such as uh, staying physically active or exercising, because I know that helps my emotions. Because uh, when I don't work out, I feel like crap, so that's part of it. Um, same with the meditation aspect. I know when I meditate and pray more, I'm more emotionally stable and balanced. I guess treating people fair and right, you know? Because if you don't, whatever you throw out there in this world, it comes back to you. So. Well said, man. Well said. Let me ask you a question, because we've gotten to know each other pretty well over the last year. Mm -hmm. I think we've created a safe enough space that I can ask you some questions. Mm -hmm. Would going to the men's group every other week help your emotional pillar of health? Would it help it? Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Can you kind of think of some ways why? Well, I mean, we talk about talk about some some meaningful things in our lives that you know can be emotional or God God like God fearing you know God purposeful life. Uh, we're generally summarizing the, the sermons from what. Jim or Ben had talked about, but uh, we're there to keep each other accountable and to talk about various things that we're all going through that might be struggles or might be good things. And and the, just the connection, you know, the connection of just brother, brotherhood is, I think, is good for all of us. It's good for everybody. So. Well done. Well said. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Kat? Uh, a lot of mine ties into my mental health.
but I would say something I've been working on is leaning into my emotions. I was raised suppressing them, so feeling them all now um, is helping. Having purposeful conversations, talking to friends who are open to diving in and seeing things and challenging their perspective. Um, Going to lunch with a stranger at the French press, right? Exactly like that. Sure. Exactly that. Um, saying no to things. Mm -hmm. um, oh, shoot. I'm going to write down that word. <laughs> um, and taking personal time. I used to think I was such an extrovert and never needed to be alone, but that's just not true for anybody. <laughs> so taking time by myself. Um, and then really filtering what I listen to and what I watch. Digesting positive content. Content. Yeah. Can I ask you a very frank question? Sure. This is going to be straight to the point. Where does self-care come into play in the emotional pillar of health? It's basically the basis of it. If I don't take care of me, my emotions all, are all over the place. So, um, as to put it simply, like a hot shower can wash away anything that you're feeling. And so, to me, when you take care of your body and you get back in touch with yourself, then you can really feel your emotions, good and bad, mm -hmm. and figure out how to process them. Mm -hmm. I want to highlight boundaries, and me time falls under self-care too. So I could just cross out me time and and put that as a broad category of self-care. Mm -hmm. Digesting positive content is self-care as well. Uh, producing positive content as well. So that I resonate with a lot because that's my number one goal with the podcast. So boundaries, I can relate so much. I talk about boundaries all the time. My need in a relationship is to feel safe and secure. It took me a long time to understand that that was a need of mine. We worked on that a lot. So, the emotional pillar of health. Uh, Jay, where would you say you're at today on a scale of one to five? Um, maybe a three on that. I would say I'm at a four for that today. Okay. Jay, what would take you from a three out of five to a four out of five on your emotional pillar of health? What you and I have been talking about for a while as far as just being a purposeful relationship. <laughs> and that that adds so much value to your life. I'm not saying it's a massive void, but it just adds, it adds more, I guess. Uh -huh. So what does a purposeful relationship look like to you? Just really brief in 10 words or less. Just Someone that, in fact, I was out with some friends last night and they, they said they want to have um, not, just a, a, not just a normal relationship, but like an, uh, an expansive relationship or something that's just beyond the norm, you know, and to just really connect with that person. And uh, I, I don't know, it's hard to say in 10 words really what it's all about. Seeking a purposeful relationship that's mindful and expanding at all times? Yeah, and growing and, and connecting. And... I love it. I really do. So, 
the boundary that we set for ourselves around this purposeful relationship has a lot to do with managing our own expectations. That's a very lofty goal to put that relationship so high up that uh, like when we're faced with a good one, it may not measure up, mm-hmm. which then could take our emotional pillar of health down, our mental pillar of health down, which then impacts our physical pillar of health and our financial will be affected as well, right? Because we don't have boundaries per se. But what I love what you said there is that by sharing the story, there's a word that's not on this list that I would put at the top of my list. And what, so what you and I have done over the last year in the men's group is we've created a place where we can be vulnerable together. Mm-hmm. That greatly impacts my emotional pillar of health when I'm vulnerable in Thomas's time together. My pillar of health is raised every single time. But I have to learn how to manage my expectations with that. Because vulnerability, there's a fine line between oversharing and putting up our walls. Having healthy boundaries is not about putting up walls, it's showing a person where the door is to get through. And that's what we do in our men's group. We get vulnerable in a safe place and we show each other where our boundaries are, where they're healthy, and where the door is to walk through. Does that land with you, Kat? Mm-hmm. Where are you at on your pillar of mental, uh, emotional health today? Before. So. Oh, right before. Still, so. I'm today. I'm at a four out of five because I get to do this. Like this moment, this opportunity of vulnerability for me is like it's like filling my soul. Supercharging. It's supercharging, right? <laughs> I I was thankfully off of work all day today except for a few tasks. You know, and I was able to focus so much to prepare myself mentally, physically. I got a workout in, and then financially too. I earned a little bit of money today. I mean, we're not talking about like option trading investment. Trust me, it's not that lucrative yet. <laughs> All right, what are we missing? And on your worksheet at home, guys, and your worksheet in front of you, which of the five pillars of health haven't we touched on yet? Spiritual. Spiritual. Right. Why? Because these all feed into that. Absolutely correct. Why? I mean, for me, if, if one of these pillars is off balance, it's almost like my spirituality is the first thing that goes into question. Or I don't have faith. And, uh, or I guess my faith, if it's not strong, and it can be swayed by any one of these things changing, then I know that I need to reevaluate what I'm doing, right. if that makes sense. Right. I think what you're getting at is that spiritual pillar of health is the most important one. And if I have faith and if I have hope and my spiritual pillar of health is a three or higher, I can pour from that into my other four pillars of health. Jay, does that land with you? For sure. Yeah. So what are some things, Jay, that you do to strengthen your pillar of spiritual health? It is a daily reading in the morning. It's uh, a version, which is the app. They have uh, 
And then Abide has is another app I listen to often, which is about a, I don't know, three or four minute kind of spiritual message every day as well. Uh, meditation would fall in there as well from time to time. And it's just, uh, it's just a, it's a constant trust and belief that God is with us and he's got our back. Hey. Cat, same question. Uh, it's a lot of the similar things, but um, waking up and for me, giving gratitude every day, writing my gratitude journal. Um, I went to start the day that way, and then um, I always pray before I fall asleep. Um, and then my family has a group chat that every day my mom sends like the one day prayer. Yeah. We all do it together. Um, so that keeps me tied because making sure that I'm connected with my family is key to my spirituality. Um, and then church on Sundays. Mm -hmm. um, just starting out the group thing. So mm -hmm. I have a feeling that will play a key role, but mm -hmm. um, it hasn't passed for me. So, And then for me, too, I really feed off of kind of more intense retreat options throughout the year. Like I always like to go on at least one or two spiritual retreats. So... Mm -hmm. Just take a hard reset from everything. Um, so those would probably mm -hmm. be the most important things for me. Mm -hmm. And where would you say you're on a on a scale of four, one and out of five on the spiritual pill? Right now, I would say I'm actually probably at a two. Um, with all the travel I've been doing, I haven't been able to go to church as frequently or as consistently as I like to, and that really sways my week. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So if you are at a two out of five. And these things are daily routines for you to stay strong in the spiritual pillar of health. Are there some things on the in the four other four columns that can help you raise that from a two to a five? You've given me the answer. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it's um, easy to lose sight of one or two of these things that get pushed to the wayside when other things start to take or seem to be more important, so. You said mind-body. Yeah. Right, mind-body connection. Yeah, I can always tell when my spirituality is fluctuating because in yoga, my mind won't quiet. Won't quiet? Won't quiet. It won't, yeah. it won't calm down, it won't quiet. Mm -hmm. So your action items to balance out all five pillars of your health are always to focus on the spiritual pillar of health through these sessions here. So if you went through your sheet and circled these words for yourself, these are action item steps that you can take each and every day, or regularly, weekly. Jay, same question for you. What, where are you at on the pillar of health? I would feel, with spiritual, I'm four. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Because it is tying in all these different things you're Circling or things we've written up here. Yeah, which ones? Oh, yeah, the meditation part, um, social interaction, you know, through our men's, men's groups, I think it's great. Um, certainly going to church, but you know, it's funny when people say, oh, I'm, I'm religious because I go to church. Well, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's like, you know, be able to walk with God, you talk to him every day, you know? So it's, it's, it's a relationship. Um, 
So yeah, I, I try and live my life purposeful, and, uh, <clears throat> purposeful to give God time and my attention every day. Awesome. So Jay, your section here, as you were talking, I circled some action steps for you. To take from these four pillars of optimal health, which are very important in order to bring your spiritual pillar back up to a four out of five if it ever falters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the one thing <sighs> not to focus on, but to still have faith in that it will be provided to you is that one right there. Yeah. If we're too focused on a purposeful relationship, this pillar will go to a two out of five instead of a three. Mm-hmm. If your spiritual pillar of health is a four out of five, guaranteed this will happen, and this will go to a four out of five for you. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have any questions about the five pillars of optimal health? No, you've done a good job of that. All right, guys. Well, I hope that that illustrates for the two of you um, how I do my frequent check-ins. This can be daily, this can be weekly. If any of these get down to a one out of five or two out of five, go to daily check-ins. If you're at a three or four, or f- three or four out of five on any of those pillars of health, then you can make them weekly or every other day or um, three times weekly. You know, every time that you do yoga and you meditate, Every time that you try to connect with God, that's your check-in opportunity. Cool? Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to turn it over to Thomas, who's going to, uh, page three is where you can take notes in, um, in our worksheet there. All right.